I'm Sheila Hamilton, along with Dr. Jenna Lejeune. Hello, Jenna. Hi there. What an exciting morning. And Dr. Brian Goff. Good to see you again, Brian. Hello. And I have to say, when I look at our calendar of all of the guests that we have coming in, I think the one that was furthest out and so excited me was my good friend, Storm Large. Hello, Storm. Hello, Sheila. How are you? I'm so well, and we're so happy. All three of us are huge fans of yours, so Mm -hmm. it's like very cool to have you in. (laughs) In her memoir, Crazy Enough, and the one-woman show that's based on that same title, Storm Large chronicles her early years in a family at the mercy of a mother who suffered acute mental health problems, along with a dad who really did not know what the hell to do with his daughter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Do you think that's fair? Uh, Quite. (laughs) So Storm visited her mom many times in the hospital where she was until she was nine years old when she asked a doctor if she would end up crazy like her mother. And I want you to start there, Storm, with the answer. (laughs) The doctor uh, basically said, I expected him to say, of course not. No, 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 no. Don't you worry about a thing. You know, when you ask somebody and hoping, you know, expecting a different answer. But anyway, he he hardly even looked at me. And it wasn't a diagnosis. It was just, you will absolutely end up like your mother. It's hereditary. Um, And then said, um, not until your 20s, though, or whenever you have children, whichever comes first. Um, And I was already just kind of, you know, when you're afraid of something and then you hear it outside your head, you're you're convinced you're you're upset but you're not totally surprised he went on to say but we we know what to do now i mean we understand your mother's illness and and you're going to be fine kind of a a half-assed comforting thing but meanwhile my mother was bandaged from her thumbs to her elbows from having carved herself up so Mm -hmm. many times and and yeah they didn't know they didn't know and so it was uh yeah, basically, he's like, here, kid, hold this sword of Damocles. It's going to fall on your head eventually. Don't worry. It'll it, be quick. It's fascinating to me, Jen. The same thing happened to me in my attempt to research um, what might happen with Sophie because of the genetic risk. Mm-hmm. How often do families like hear this? Well, there was mental Ill- illness in your family, so there's a 50% chance that you're going to carry it. Right, yeah, this is part of the problem with talking about these things as if they're diseases. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, psychological suffering doesn't work in that same way. And it's also just not very useful, right? So there are lots of things that we can do if we might be more susceptible to struggling in a particular way psychologically to help keep us healthy and balanced and all of those things. And those are the things to focus on, not making some very not factually based kind of crystal ball predictions about yes you are now damned yeah. to be this way <laughs> well well my my um, anecdotal experience of psychology and what was from from what was happening to my mother to what was said to me to what I believed about myself for a really long time is I was just studying sort of um, symptoms be like, oh my god, I've done that. Oh my god, I've said that. Mm-hmm. Oh my god, I've thought that. Oh, and you're so and you're yeah. af- you're afraid, anyways. But I mean, um, back in the day, it was these doctors kind of had to s- know what they were saying. Uh-huh. Every diagnosis my mother received was a very cavalier, assured. We know what it is. We know how to treat it. They had to say it because. 
I don't know if it had to do with insurance back then because there were periods of time when mental issues were not covered. Right. And then there were times when they were. Yeah. And uh, I knew that by how Christmas would go. <laughs> you know, if mom had insurance for her issues, we would have a great Christmas. And if the insurance wasn't covering it, you know, Christmas would be at grandma's house. Wow. <laughs> like, um, which is, I mean, that's really, no, uh, it's so much worse lens. for so many, yeah. so many other people. But I mean, um, it's like life or death. My, my, we were not going to end up on the street because of my mom's il- illnesses, but we needed everybody in the family to chip in and help. Wow. Um, so the doctors taking all of our money and all of our resources and all of our time had to sound like they knew what they were saying, mm, that makes knew what sense. they were doing. And it's and it's a business thing and it sucks. And I think that still exists. And people who are struggling in that way too, like, of course you want, want an answer. Know, you yeah. want an answer. Yeah. You want like, oh, it's this thing and you know what it is and you're going to save me from it. So it's kind you know, it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And yet it's so damaging. It's it's and it's been damaging for for years, but I don't see it changing very much. No. Yeah. I mean there's a mm. lot of discussion now though about the the inaccuracies of the DSM, how how wide it's grown, how it's really created a new class of uh, insurance nightmares because of the different variations of it. And when you see people in your practice, you see them as just human beings all struggling with Absolutely. different things. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the, the DSM, the manual that's the, the manual for mental disorders, every version, every iteration that it comes out, there's this exponential growth in the various ways that we can be wrong, right? Uh, that we can be broken. And, and those things are codified, crystallized, as though you could draw blood and look at it and be like, oh, well, you have the mm-hmm. fourth variation of this secondary thing of this. And we talk about them, like Jenna was saying, we talk about them as though they are um, certain medical. I mean, I'm thinking right. about what you were told. Sounds like a crystal ball thing. Like right. this one line on your hand says that when you're in your 20s, you're going to suffer from this disease. But how guilty do you think the pharmaceutical company is for that as well? Oh. Because they um, they need to draw a line from this prescription to this specific diagnosis. And the more prescriptions they have from, we need more, we need more things wrong with people. (laughs) I'm being very, I'm being very cynical here. I'm not, I'm not blanket carpet bombing shade across all of that. Right. But, um, but it really does seem that way. Um, I mean, just for the, for the simple fact that sometimes a drug will fail catastrophically, spectacularly, and then it'll show up for something else. Oh, it's really true. You know, like Propecia was for... Hair loss. Was for... Is for hair, hair loss, loss. But it was originally thalidomide. Yeah. Which resulted in, I don't know, limb loss. And, um, yeah. Limb or hair? Anyone you know? here? I have way too many limbs. <laughs> you know, my hair is great, but just <laughs> so many arms and legs. So Storm went on, despite the doctor telling her that she was going to be mentally ill. Uh, really, one of the the most prolific creative geniuses that I know, a musical performer, a fierce activist for LGBTQIA, a woman's reproductive rights activist. She's a member of the internationally famous band Pink Martini. She went on to have some years that were really tough. I mean, if you think about your 
uh, years in New York City where you really struggled at the academy and then with heroin, with being very sexually promiscuous. Do you tie it back to that doctor telling you, well, you're going to be crazy? I do, um, because my evidence of crazy was really the only woman in my life, my mother. And my mother was um, physically very small, a very petite little thing. And so as soon as I was associated with being locked up and alone and everybody was just would kind of roll their eyes quietly, oh, Susie, you know, talking about my mother. Um, and my mother was always crying and always trying to die and always uh, like needing, needing, needing so much mm. um, that everybody pulled away. And so I was like, I have to be the opposite of that. So I'm never going to cry. Mm. I'm never going to cry. I'm not going to be weak. I'm not going to need help. Uh, I am going to um, drink heroically, mm. do drugs. I'm going to do whatever I... I'm going to do whatever I can to not be her, but ironically, her number one, like, crazy laser focus was, somebody please love me, love me, love me. And Mm -hmm. she associated being sick with getting everyone to react in a crisis. She she associated that with being loved. Mm -hmm. And for me... Um, I also felt so unloved because my parents were gone. And, and um, so I, my number one pursuit was to feel loved as well. But I went about mm-hmm. it in a much more muscular, really r- reckless way. Um, in a way kind of, I mean, you could call it somewhat masculine. I just went boldly out into the world yeah. mm-hmm. and was like, you know what? Go ahead and swing, fight me, bro. I will. I will out. I will out crazy you. Yeah, I love. You that. know, I will out screw you. I will out drink you. Uh-huh. I will. I will survive all this. Wow, beautiful. Suck it. <laughs> uh, her her one woman show is the tenth anniversary, and crazy enough is. Are there any seats left at, at the I show? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, it's a short engagement because I've got uh, such a really heavy touring schedule, but. Honestly, I wanted to revisit it, number one, kind of selfishly, I wanted to revisit it to see if I could do it. Mm. You know, I, I was 40, and it almost killed me because yeah. it ran for five months straight. And, um, and now I'm going to be 50, and uh, it's a short run, but it's also uh, I'm in a healthier, different place and want to see, just want to see how I viscerally respond to revisiting myself. Mm, that's a beautiful hmm. thing. Can we hear a song from it? Sure. This is um, this is the first song I wrote when I finally agreed to do the show. That I before it was before I named it. It was like the sad the the sta- the sad stupid idea that 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 a sad story can be cool. <laughs> <laughs> Call me crazy. Cause I am And alive Oh, I am alive That's the way I turn a nosedive into flight Call me psycho Cause I am Oh, and I am alive Thank God I am alive 
make music out of those voices in my mind And this crazy helps me to see this as funny Makes me feel rich with no money, honey pie Then my brain goes over and over it Oh, I know that I can't get away from a shadow landmine Call me later, ooh, just to see See that I got home alive, oh, when I am alright I'm just kidding, you know me I'll be just fine It's this crazy It helps me to see death as funny Makes me feel great with no money Honey pie Then my brain it goes over and over it Don't I know that I can't get away from her shadow Can I, I call me crazy Because I am Oh, but thank God I'm alive. This is our first live audience here at Beyond Well with Sheila Thank Hamilton, you. welcoming all of our friends and supporters today. Brian, what did you hear in the lyrics of that that you just love? I mean, part of it for me is if everyone thought about the things that they think are their weaknesses and they turn them into like, oh, that's my vulnerability. That's where I'm really feeling. Maybe there's something there to yeah. draw on yeah. creatively, magically, like you do, Storm, every single song. Well, I mean, hopefully, you do. The, 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 the point for me is always just like, is this sound, does this sound like BS or is this, does this feel mm -hmm. genuine to me? Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's very, it, you know, I'd be, uh, it would be a lie if I said I always felt that my, that my potential whatever illness um, was a strength. Um, but you, you, you hit the nail on the head with vulnerability because that was my biggest fear for mm -hmm. forever was to mm -hmm. cry on stage, was to be weak. Yeah. But as soon as I found my vulnerability on stage one time, quite by accident, um, I realized it was the most it was the most powerful yeah. part of me. Yeah. Yeah. As an artist and as a performer, because yeah. to be vulnerable like that, to be lit, electrified, big, mighty, sex pot, muscle bound, you know, tough ass MF, you know, yeah. on stage. And to crack open, yeah, absolutely in kind. Everybody cracks open, and there's a huge healing yeah. that happens. And it's and it's the same with with storytelling as you do, and uh, as we share. Yeah, what I just just sitting here watching you sing that song, there is so uh, there's like a reclaiming of some of those words like crazy and psycho. Mm -hmm. And what I heard was instead of me running away from who I might be 
or who I might become or the stuff that I feel, I will not run from me. Hmm. Uh, like I, this is me. I feel this. I'm alive. And, and the, honestly, the saddest and sickest I've ever been and the saddest and sickest I've ever seen anyone is fighting that, mm-hmm. fighting who they are. And, and yes, maybe there are, you know, there are aspects to some uh, mental illness that is very dangerous and, and needs, to be, um, needs to be, you know, uh, like healed and, 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 and talked about and worked on. But for the most part, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of nuance and people are just trying to keep it together, keep it together, be normal and compare themselves to what yeah. they perceive as normal. Mm. But I mean, I used to be, a, I still sort of am a super dork about true crime and serial killers and stuff like that. And what do they all say about the serial killer when they found out he's been collecting human ears for like, for his whole life? They're he like, seems so normal. He was so normal. <laughs> he was the most normal guy you'd ever want to meet. Yeah. So true. Don't be normal, man. Don't embrace it. <laughs> you Just figure out, figure out who you are, figure out who you're not and be and not be. Don't run away from it. Yeah. You know, um, the first time that I ever saw Storm, I'd moved to Portland and uh, I was in a yoga class and I'm sitting like I'm, I'm a very bad yoga person. Like I'm just, I attempt to try to do yoga again and again and I can never really do it. So I'm a constant beginner. But this woman walks in and she, like it, because this is uh, a podcast and people aren't going to be able to see you, Storm, you are, you present as like an Amazon queen. <laughs> and she takes takes off her shirt and there's this uh, tattoo from like shoulder blade to shoulder blade that says lover. And I read the story behind your tattoo and you will have to share it. It is so good. It's so good. Well, it's it, it's just um, I was when I lived in San Francisco, I was um, kickboxing and not just at a gym for exercise. And I loved it. And it was really cool. It was this gritty, dirty gym full of like gang guys and reformed gang guys and um, like hardcore dudes. And we weren't, I wasn't anyway, actually sparring and fighting and connecting, but I was just, you know, learning. And uh, in the gym, the dudes all had these intense, like, like cholo type tattoos, killer, butcher, you know, Rodriguez, Pitbull, you know, stuff written in old e old English writing, and um, and I was dating a, a a tattoo artist at the time, and we were talking about what tattoo I wanted. I was like, I want a big, gnarly, like tough looking tattoo that says something really nice, like butterfly or or kiss me or like something like so like fluffy bunny like something silly like that and then I thought you know uh, my boyfriend George at the time was like well what do you, what do you think what describes you is gonna be on you forever and I was like well pff, lover mm. and he goes yeah absolutely that's who you are and so I did it ironically but at the same time, it's kind of the perfect description Completely. because people people see me and they're like, oh, my God, don't kill me. Please don't kill me. <laughs> That's so awesome. You know, guy, uh, guys uh, sometimes come up to members in my band. All, I, I'm in a band with all boys and I've been we've been together forever. And um, they're like my brothers. But um, someone walked up to my guitar player and said uh, and, and basically said there's a there's a there's a very wealthy gentleman over at my table who would be very interested in talking to your singer and my guitar player had a few drinks and he goes 
He wants Storm Large to be some arm candy? Why don't you go back and ask him if he's ever been on a mechanical bull that punches? <laughs> that's so awesome. And that's my, that's my, that's kind of my patina. That's my, that's, that's how uh, people kind of see me. And that's how I have developed my external yeah. self out of like, you're not going to get me. Uh-huh. But anybody, and you know me really yeah. well, I will cry and I'm such a mush and I see a, a dead bird and I'm like, no! <laughs> I'm like this total totally. mushy uh-huh. little like candy candy heart. Yeah, uh, But that tattoo is so perfect. That's why it's perfect. It exactly, looks tough, but it's... Exactly. Right. And, and kind of from Brian and, <laughs> and my perspective, the way that we would de- define Fine kind of mental health is this idea of psychological flexibility. It's being able to have all aspects mm-hmm. of yourself. Mm-hmm. So you can have the badass right. kind of tough script right. and also be that lover. Yeah. I, and I love that. That's mm-hmm. so, so beautiful. Great. Do yeah. what works when in whatever context you're in. So you said that your next tattoo is going to be on, on your sternum. Very yeah. painful, by the way. I yeah, heard. the but ribs it's, are it's the most going painful, to be but follow the yes or just yes. It's going to be yes over my heart because oh. that's just been that's just been my motto um, since I got healthy, since I uh, you know got off drugs and um, and really started to embrace all aspects of me, including the you know the things that seem to contradict themselves mm-hmm. or whatever. I know what healthy is. I know what joy is. I know. I know what's. I'm learning self care. Mm. Um, uh, self care to me used to mean like self control. Yeah. You know, work out. Don't eat that. Like, right. like be. You know, don't think that way. It was like very kind of a controlling thing instead of just like you know what, soak in the shower and, and lay, lay, like just cover your body with olive oil, just like lay there. Just do whatever you got to do yeah. um, to just take care of your body, take care of your mental health. And that can, that can just, that can also mean reading Stephen King, Neil Gaiman, just, just whatever candy. You know, it was great, Storm. One of your Instagrams, you posted like your pre-concert stuff that you have to go through to get yourself Mm. energetically to a place where you can do that. I was so glad you posted it because I think a lot of people just think, well, Storm's gorgeous and she puts on a little makeup and she goes out and she does her show and that's such an easy life. Mm -hmm. Like I have more respect for this woman in terms of how much work you do to continue to perform and uh, describe for people what it takes just emotionally to get ready for a show and then to leave it on the stage Ugh. as you do. Well, first of all, but what people don't, a lot of people don't understand about being a touring musician is imagine, imagine you got to go somewhere for Christmas and you're bringing your whole family and you go through the whole thing, getting the tickets, finding the right seats, and then get everybody there on time. Make sure, oh, we forgot. Ah, oh, darn it. You forgot your freaking sweater. Ah, we know, well, we're going to have to buy one when we get there. And then, oh, and oh, man, the flight's delayed. We're going to miss our connection. Oh, no, no, no. Stress, 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 stress. But you're in the back of your mind. You're like, well, when we get there, though, we can, I can get a drink with an umbrella in it and sit on my butt and get some sun. Now, imagine all the stress of travel but zero drinks with umbrellas and you get there and you have to be charming and clean and look hot and you have to care about absolutely everything somebody is saying to you and then you have to get on stage, get a whole huge room uh, full of people sitting around in the dark, get them to fall in love with you and buy stuff and then you have to continue <laughs> to do that into the night until you get 
until that door behind you in the hotel room closes. Because God forbid you lose your temper because you didn't get any sleep or you have a cold and you're yeah. on steroids mm-hmm. so your voice won't close up. Right. And you have uh, you have literally from the moment you hit the pillow, you have about mm, five hours to sleep. You have to sleep because then you have to get up and then you have to be on the radio and then you have to get to the airport. And then you have to check all the back and do it over again. It's like it is... It's brutal. Yeah. Uh, the traveling alone is brutal. Um, for me, when I get on stage with all things are are going well, I'm hydrated, I'm not sick. Yeah. Um, and it's not like the fifth show in four days where I'm really f- super, super fatigued. Um, that is the easy part once I get on stage because then I am I am I am in my flow, I am in my place, I am in my comfort zone. Um and uh, really, the challenge is just not to swear at that point. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't it so wonderful that we've left you off the hook here today? You can do whatever you want. What? We're not yeah. live? Oh, fuck yeah! Oh, good. Let that dog hey. out of the yard, Sheila. That, that not swearing thing is a big problem for my job, I know. too. I, that's I'm, like, yeah. I'm constantly I'm thinking sure. about it. Don't swear, Jenna. I've gotten that's really good at it. I've gotten really good at it, though. Actually, you know, we do a lot of stuff with symphonies. And I'll look down. And I'll see it. I'll see a little kid, and I'm like, "Somebody's mommy and daddy don't have Google." Hi, <laughs> <laughs> why are you in the front? You're gonna learn some new words. Yeah, when I want a mom, when I want a when a boy or a girl are in love. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Storm. Uh, um, I heard that some Broadway producers came to you after the first run of Crazy Enough, mm-hmm. and they wanted to turn it into a Broadway show, and they were asking you to really change it up. Yeah. Um. So, what did you say to them? Oh uh, well. <laughs> Well, ultimately, I was, I mean, I was just kind of, because I'm new at this. I wrote the book, and I, I was like, I, I was like, I'm a tourist in the literary world. I'm a performer. It's basically like being a writer after being a performer for so many years is like trying to get a dog to be a cat. Mm, yeah. And it was really just felt like a weird fit, but I, 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 I did okay because I, I turned it sort of into a performance in a, of itself in the show, yeah. etc. And um, they kept trying to like, well, it needs to be sophisticated. I'm like, but I'm not sophisticated. And they're like, yeah, but for 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 New York audiences, it needs to be. Oh, uh, they're giving it all this like precious criteria it had to be. And so I would rewrite and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite. Finally, I went to go see Carrie Fisher, um, Wishful mm. Drinking, and I went and I watched, and I was like. That is very, the only difference between her show and mine is she doesn't sing. She's just telling stories. So I went back to the producers and the directors and I was like, I just saw Carrie Fisher. That's like, well, yeah, but that's Carrie Fisher. If you were Carrie Fisher, I go, oh, it said I'm not famous. So I am going to leave and I don't have time to stay for you to finish. That is just so. If there's any story that just like sums up your beauty, I think that might be it. Like the mechanical bull just punched him. (laughs) Yeah, his eight seconds is up. Um, What what Storm did though in that moment of saying no, this is who I am. I need you to actually see who I am. I think could take so many people so far in their own healing. Well, it's, really do. it's what we were saying before. It's it's Storm not turning away from her own experience yeah. and not whitewashing it or be what somebody else wants her to be. Yeah, you know. Well, it's, I would this love is, this is my actual story. Yeah, and, yeah but, but I would love to. T- I, I would love to take credit for that and to feel like, yeah, that's right, because I 
I have, was born to be genuine. It's like, no, I'm a shitty liar. I can't be fake. If I could, I might be like super rich, you know, but I'm just, I just can't. I'm not, I just don't know how. Yeah. And I, and I also think though that you did work to be able to know who you were in order to be able to stand up for that. Like, like there, there are people who, who wouldn't even have the, because of their history, wouldn't even have a sense of self enough that they would be able to say, oh, I see. You're saying I'm something different than I am. But that's kind of in, that's entertainment also. Any, mm. any stripe of entertainment, be it fashion, yeah. um, music, theater, film, television, with women, oh, you gotta be skinnier, yeah. younger, prettier, mm. differenter, more like Selma, uh, Selma Blair, more like Selma Hayek, more like, you know, it's like you just don't be you and yeah. we'll figure it out. Exactly. And, and the music business was just, I mean, in the 90s especially, we're like, well, we, we need you to be, and there was any, there was like maybe four archetypes of woman you could be yeah mm. and somehow they all were yodeling in the 90s <laughs> and i was not really down that wasn't with thing. that i can totally yodel but it wasn't my deal um what are your thoughts about beauty and aging you're going to turn 50 soon i'm turning and you're 50 going at the to end strip, of the, yeah right well i that thing i'm not we didn't get a chance to do i wanted to sell um tickets to make it like a charity thing, yeah. have hardcore security, no film, no pictures or yeah. anything like that. We never did the, we never got around to figuring it out, the charity thing. So I think I'm going to be 60. Well, <laughs> I'd still come to see you strip I'm going to strip 60. at 60. That's about when I'm going to start <laughs> con like folding up the tent and not, you know, um, not touring as much. So I think I'm going to launch my porn career right around there. Uh, I, uh, There's a, probably a subset that would really go. Oh, for girl, that. you'd be amazed. <laughs> so, um, the one of the very interesting things I think about uh, crazy is at the at the end of your journey of doing it, you said that it completely hollowed you out. Oh yeah, you lost a ton of weight. You lot you were emotionally so drained. But do you feel in some ways that in doing this, it was the journey that you needed to do to reconcile the story of who your mother was, of who Storm is? Um, you know, it was weird because 10 years ago when I was doing the show, I, when I realized the effect it was having is why I drove myself. Because I saw I was being of use. I was being of mm. service. Yeah. Mm. And it was it was killing me, and I wasn't getting the catharsis or the healing that everyone else was. But I saw I was like, I'm doing good, I'm doing good. So I should, I should keep going, keep going. Mm -hmm. And and sort of in a, you know, I guess it's a codependent way with me with the audience. I'm like, then I'll be if I can fix all this, and help all these folks, then maybe I'll let my leave myself alone oh, and be. Wow. So and rest and then I'll be I'll be like okay well at least I helped this many people mm. and that's just the the me trying to prove you know to my dad to to teachers to people who thought I was just a piece of shit mm -hmm. and um that put those voices in my head uh that I I was never going to be good enough or matter um I was like, well, if I do all this, then I'll then I'll matter, then I'll matter, and that that was the lesson, really. I 
I started fainting. My hair started falling out in handfuls. This was after the show wrapped. Like within that month, yeah. I fell apart and had really bad anemia and adrenal failure. And um, so it, I needed to experience that. To know, yes, you can actually work yourself to death. Yeah. You literally, literally can. Um, so how about don't? And so that's why this show has been requested for for the decade from everywhere. And they've wanted to film it. And they've wanted to the, animate it. They've wanted to buy the rights. And they wanted to blah, 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 blah. And we get a TV show. Yeah. Um, and I was like, no, I can't. I, I, I got to do it again. I have to. I have to. Not slay the dragon, but just sort of do it for myself. Well, beautiful. Do you guys have any other questions before she sings us out? Jenna? No, it's just such a pleasure to yeah. hear about your your journey and just <laughs> it's really it's it's really inspiring this way that you talk about um, sort of owning your own experience and process and I love this piece of when you're doing something if it's about oh I don't want to like feel worthless or I want to like prove them wrong mm -hmm. th there's something kind of hollow about mm -hmm. it as opposed to when you're doing it because this is my source of meaning in the world right. it could be exactly the same activity but when you're doing it for somebody else or you're doing it to get rid of some demon you mm -hmm. have in your head <laughs> Um, it's it's a quite a different thing. So I love that you're reclaiming this. Oh, thank you. It's yeah, I mean, it took me a long, long time, and and it's I don't have children, but I I can imagine um, mothers getting caught in sure. that, especially if they're struggling with depression and struggling with, mm -hmm. I mean, God, exhaustion. Parents ex struggle with exhaustion, but they're like, but I'm gonna I'm exactly. gonna put it outside myself, put outside myself, and mm -hmm. then, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm excited to hear you play. I, oh. I wanted to say I wanted to say something really quippy about like live large or something like that, right? <laughs> but but you know, as I think about it, so much of your story, it, whether it was the whether it was the sex or the drugs or the shows to benefit everybody but you, it all felt like. And sometimes Jenna and I use this language: moves away from. Like I'm trying to get away from something. And when you say no, enough of that. I want to do this for me. Mm -hmm. Now it's not running away from things. It's running towards stuff. Right. Yeah. One of my favorite mottos is um, by a um, female chief of the Cherokee Nation, Wilma Mankiller is her name. Wow. And her motto is be the buffalo. Um, be the buffalo is when a storm is coming over the plains, cows will run away mm -hmm. to get away from the storm. Buffalo run towards it to get through it faster so they know they can't avoid it, but get through it. Go straight. Oh, wow. And, I, and, I'm, and, and if I'm wrong about it, uh, Wilma Mankiller being a Cherokee or maybe Sue, uh, I, might be, I might have the tribe wrong. Please forgive me. Um, but look up uh, Wilma Mankiller and, and be the buffalo. It's one of the finest... One of the finest mottos. And since now I know I can swear on this uh, program here... I'm gonna do my most feared and most requested song that's also in uh, in Crazy Enough. All of my life I've never fit 
But I won't complain and I won't quit Because I am enormous, get used to it Yeah, man, everyone tells me I'm too much Well, maybe it's just you're not enough for me Oh, can't you see? I'm the kind of woman I'm supposed to be Did I mention that? My vagina is eight miles wide Absolutely everyone can come inside If you're ever frightened, just run and hide My vagina, it's eight miles Oh, come on now. Tell me, what is womanly to you? She should be strong, but not too much of a brute, because it's really cool if she's powerful, but it's way better if she's just cute, right? Yeah, well, for all of us girls who don't fit in, I say go Amazonian. You could be a kick-ass bruiser and be feminine. Now go and tell everybody my vagina is eight miles wide. Absolutely everyone can come inside. If you're ever frightened, just run and hide my vagina. It's eight miles wide. Now check it out. I am not loose. And I'm not a whore, technically. This... It's a, it's a metaphor for my super vigantastically mystical feminine goddess Koran. Oh, I hate it when women make that noise that we don't need daddies, men or boys. Cause even some hardcore girls love cock-shaped sex toys. Now, my vagina, obviously, is universal. It's just like a penis, but reversible. Come on in, man. The water is fine. It's not my vagina. Oh, it's our vagina. Come on. My vagina is eight miles wide. Oh, come on. hear the men singing. Come on, boys. You know the words. Sing them. Come on, boys. My vagina is eight miles. That's right. Don't be a pussy. Absolutely everyone can come inside. If you're ever frightened, just run and hide my vagina. My vagina. Everybody sing. My vagina is eight miles wide. Oh, absolutely everyone can come inside. If you're ever frightened, just run and hide my Vigantic, 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 a big, big love. Vigantic, 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 a big, big love. Oh man, thank you guys. I never get sick of that song, ever.
Stormlord, thank you, thank guys you for being so sports. much You're for welcome. joining it's us at Beyond Raw. Anytime, Sheila. And Seriously. if you like the uh, podcast, please download, of course, and then tell your friends. We're on every platform, including a little one called Podbean. We're all trying to figure out. <laughs> Thanks oh. again. <laughs> That oh thank you. So awesome. yeah. yeah. Thank you guys. Thank oh you so much. God. Thank you guys for singing. I'm so oh, glad you so told me because I was like, I was like, what am I gonna play? All my songs have swears. <laughs> oh no, that is such a classic yes. song. And you know, actually, the older I get, like the more I click back for the meaning, it becomes more powerful, more feminist, more yeah. beautiful. Like it's really it's funny because of what I originally wrote it as sort of a fuck you to exclusionary feminism Yeah. when, it, I don't know, it was third wave or fourth wave or some wave was fucking telling me that I was, I was some, there, I, there's been a lot of, of self-flagellation on yeah. the left. Yeah. Oh, I've Are been, I've been, I got love? attacked the other day. I was interested, you know my song for, um, um the uh marriage equality stand yeah. up for me yeah i was introducing the song and i was saying you know i just had this meditation about love and how you know all of mankind is praying for love and wishing and wishing for love and and i just wondered what what could what what does love want from mankind and and i sing the song people are like oh it's so beautiful someone came up to me and was like storm you know people look up to you and uh, you really need to be careful about what you say and i said I support gay marriage. And she was like, oh, no, I'm not talking about that. And I was like, okay. She goes, you said mankind. Oh, Jesus. And I'm like, oh, so obviously I secretly meant Hitler. (laughs) Hitler. So what the fuck? I go, but I go, but do you realize that what I was, what you know what I meant? Of course. Right? It oh, wasn't just yeah. mankind. No one with an icky vagina, though. Yeah. Ew. Ew. Not for them. Not me either. Just, just the penises. Just them because they stick out and because it's God's plan. It's God's antenna is the cock. And that's all that matters. So, oh, honestly, God, we've yeah. been having conversations about this. We, have. we do like, need to have. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I'll come yeah. back because, and, and you know, oh, I was I talking with Amanda you. Palmer and I just did a podcast <gasps> on this. Wow, that no, is so no, cool. No, she's a, she's a good friend of mine. And uh, our, oh, our please, other friend, Erica Moen, who, Erica Moen, who does Ojoy oh Sex Toys, she's been oh, getting yeah. attacked for, she said she had like a some kind of sexual encounter with a trans man, and she was like, God, I just love trans men. They're so hot. And she's getting ripped, like, totally attacked. You're just, you're anti-trans if you use any, if you sway for a moment, you are, you are, you're off. Well, so we were talking about, it's called cancel culture, and um, and my sister's writing about it a lot because at the university level, it's, it's making a lot of the best professors resign. Because the cancel culture is so great that That's, if you are called out for saying one thing wrong like that, your you whole, lose your tenureship. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. so the, the whole idea Jeez. is within friend groups, people are canceling friends yeah. forever for one wrong tweet, for yep. one wrong saying. And not even a wrong thing, but right. something you Use, perceive yeah. oh, as right. being yeah. wrong about I really want to do, yeah. I want to do a podcast on cancel culture. I really do. Because that's so how the, the right is like, they might be infighting, but they yeah. are goose-stepping to the totally. finish line yeah. with all of us going, I'm sorry, um... Yeah. That's, so I have zero tolerance for hate speak. I'm like, what did I say? You said albatross. They're not called albatross anymore. Uh, yeah. <laughs> They're called big bird of whatever color they want to be. I know. 
Well, Brian was using it. He was using a, a a metaphor today about pigs, and after we finished, we're like, "Is it okay?" Can you say, say pigs? Pig in Can you say pigs in mud? It's Are you allowed it's to ridiculous. say a pig in mud? Like and that was all right, right? I mean, it used to be of the cuckold culture, and it's so racist. I can't believe you said pigs in a blanket because. <laughs> It was a uh, don't mud wrestle with a pig. You both get dirty and the pig likes it. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have any of any of the doctors or lovely storm. Yeah, I just want to Is is the specter does the specter of mental health follow you all the time? Yes. Oh yeah. Not every moment. No, not every moment of the day. No, I I'm not I'm not as. I'm not as easily distracted by the fear, but you know, I get depressed. I have depression and I, I don't medicate. I, I meditate, I, I'm a vo that's one thing about me that I really, I've had friends' lives saved by antidepressants. Mm -hmm. um, and I am terrified to the core of taking any any psychotropic anything because of its stigma in my history. Mm. Um, but I absolutely have that. I don't have the childlike fear anymore because I was like, what's it going to be like? Is it going to be like I'm a werewolf and you wake up at the zoo and you're like, you don't have any recollection of what happened, but there's blood on you and you're like, fuck, mm, it happened yeah. kind of thing. I don't have that childish paranoia anymore, but I do... Um, carry like what everybody else does in neuroses and and anxieties yeah. and 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 I think that's things. the that's the thing that I'd want to highlight is yeah. it's the thing that everybody carries. Right. Yeah, right? we so it's all like, have it. It's I'm afraid that I'm gonna yeah. I'm afraid that I'm gonna what struggle? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. Yeah, and mm -hmm. I do, and we all do, and like raise your hand if you don't have a little something. Right, we're all allowed to carry right. it. Right. Absolutely. And so I think that's the thing is it's not as I heard it, it wasn't so much. And correct me if I'm telling you how you feel. It's OK. No, no, no. But but like uh, I, I instead of being afraid that I'm going to get some disease, you know, wake up in the zoo. Yeah. All bloody and like I'm not me anymore. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to struggle because I'm human. And I saw one version of that. Yes. in My mom. And I'm concerned that that's what it's going to look like for me. But. Here it is. It's shown up, but it's like, do I carry the specter of mental health? I carry my emotions. Mm -hmm, I carry mm -hmm. my feelings. Mm -hmm. I have I have that full range of human experience. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Welcome to being human. Exactly. Right? I mean, that's yeah. our that's our attempt in all of this, is to normalize, and sort of destigmatize, um, but not dismiss. Yeah. Right. We're, like, just yeah. take the shame out of just asking for help. Right. Mm -hmm. There is so much shame around right. just being like, I'm not, I'm not okay. Right. Mm -hmm. People can't say that, especially yeah. no, in, in this society. Men especially have a difficult time because women, we get, we count on each other. Mm -hmm. We're like, dude, I feel like fucking stabbing everyone in the eye. Me too. <laughs> Let's go drink. You know. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean, and and men are like, hey man, let's go, let's go have non-sexual contact, but really violent sports. <laughs> you know? Yeah, just uh, drink and just stare in the middle distance, and you know, kind of thing. And I'm being really sexist with that oversimplification, and my apologies, but but that's just in this culture. But there's, I think, in terms of um, when we're talking about abortion, 
people have so much shame around talking yeah. about sex itself. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, all these girls are getting pregnant. It's like by themselves. Spontaneously. That's not a problem. That's fucking biblical. That's great. That means there's hella messiahs. There's like, you know, all kinds of Jesuses coming. Uh, we're going to be fine, guys. It's going to be fine. But it's like. <laughs> Have like after after the pod. Totally. Yeah, no, post yeah. post pod. Yeah, no, That's for the paid members. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. No, but seriously, it's like shame out of out of all the things we talked about today, I would say addressing the shame thing. And I think that's why my show was so effective because yeah. people look at me and they think, Oh my god, she's so she's got it together, she's totally hot, she's yeah. she's kind of famous and she probably just has everything really easy for her. And then they, they then I'm like, rip it open. And they're like, fuck, oh my God. Wow, me too. And then they're yeah, like, yeah. they feel yeah. empowered and yeah. less ashamed, yeah. less alone. Yeah. Shame is what separates human hearts. That's so true. Um, one of the transcripts that I read was when you were with a group of high school kids and nobody was owning up to, oh, yeah. to uh, doing heroin or doing any kind of drugs or having problems with sexual violence. Nobody was owning up to anything. And Storm comes in, and the principal's expecting her to start speaking, and instead she's on the floor with, like, people just talking. And suddenly, like, all of the kids are saying, yeah, I'm addicted. Right. Yeah, I'm right. suicidal. Yes, I'm this. Yes, I'm that. Like, the power in having someone who comes and brings right. her whole self and her whole story. Well, and the thing, the thing I love, I so love about your messages, because so often what we hear from folks who are in the limelight is, well, I used to suffer. Right. Uh -huh. And then I figured it out. Oh, yeah. And no. now I yeah. don't. And like you being able to say, oh, no, I still, I still suffer. I've just learned how to have all of my experience yeah. and not try and run away from it with all of the other things. Well, it comes, yeah. with, it comes with age, too. Yeah, but also, yeah. I think in the last 10 years, mental illness has become way easier to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. And thank God. And you have yeah. been one of the main pioneers of oh, that. And it's you. no, yeah. it's been it's <clears throat> so helpful that people even with just like like just something they think is a little bit weird about them and they will create oh, such yeah. agony around God, the yeah. one little thing. Yeah. I know. And yeah. and create an entire new a oh, new yeah. like uh, a pain pattern for themselves right. absolutely that they're medicating with bad behavior yeah. that that that, yep. that that bleeds into their family and yeah. into their into their community it's, it's one of the famous like one of the things i love most about my job and brian you probably have this experience too like people will come in and sorry about my back there people will come in and they'll say i have this really really terrible yeah. thing that i'm the only yeah. one in the whole oh, world yeah. and it's like Oh no! Like, what flavor yeah. of normal is this Tuesday? Like, right. I've heard, and yet, people sort of think nobody else struggles right. in this way. Yeah. Now, the last time I had oh. a therapist, um, I he was a very, very busy guy, a friend, of, uh, a friend of a friend, and he made time for me because I was in this really heightened. I'd been touring nonstop. I was exhausted, and when you're really tired, and uh. and when you're, I'm touring a lot, I start drinking more, sure. and and you just you're emotionally raw and uh. And so he said, okay, so we, we have an hour. Why don't you tell me just off the top of your head why you think you, why you, what, what you think you can get out of therapy right now? And I said, I'm afraid I'm a narcissist. 
And he laughed and he was like, okay, why do you think you're a narcissist? I'm like, I really care about what people think. And he goes, okay. Um, this is only gonna take like five minutes. I know, right, right? Hour. And he goes, okay, so tell me why else. I go, well, I'm a musician. And, and so I, my whole life is about is about like impressing people and, and, and being being attractive and I'm very externally motivated and and my my inside I'm so lonely and so sad and so tired and, and I think it's I think it's narcissism and he's like okay uh, let's see all right what time is it all right uh, first of all narcissists don't think they're narcissists first let's just get that off the table and I was like I might what if I have you fooled uh-huh what if I have you fooled I am very charming. Wait for the DSM six because there's a narcissism that admits it. But we're gonna. Come I know up which with which that. one. I mean, how do you know? So I could be totally psychotic. Oh my god! And he's like, no, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he's like. First of all, who the 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 friend who recommended you has zero tolerance for that kind of behavior in any way. And and so anyway, let's let's get to the bottom of it. And uh, finally, he admitted, he's like, okay, well, maybe you can have a narcissistic wound. I'm like, no, I'm really fucked up. <laughs> and he's like, okay. He's like, I, he's like, all I hear is you trying to convince me that you're a piece of shit. That's all you're doing to me yeah, right now wow. is you're trying to convince me. So who told you that you're no good? And I'm wow. like, what do you mean? And he goes, well, think about it. And then I really, it was quick. He was good. Mm. Wow. He's like, you're not a narcissist. He's like, but you are, you, you have a very common, mm. it's, it's a common thing. There's a voice yeah. that you s totally assume is the truth. Right. Oh God. And he goes, but he did that thing. And I'm sure you guys have used this and heard it. Where's your proof? Oh. Where's your proof that you are yeah. a bad person? What did you do today just to fuck with someone? Yeah. What did you do today just to hurt someone? Mm. You know, that's so what's good. your proof, right? You know, it's mm. also just so cool. Um, just normalizing therapy, just like you just did. Right. So here's what actually we, we we're talking about doing a session once, like what right, actually yeah. goes on in yeah. therapy, right? Because I think people still have an idea that you have to lay down on a bed, yeah, right, uh, right. you know, go right. blame it on my dad. Yeah. So many. It's with mom. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. Is it okay? Oh. You go. Right. You go. You take it out there. It's always about. Always blame it on the woman. Always oh, yeah. blame it on the woman. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. we have a, we have holes in us, and and, and we're flawed. Right. Yeah. 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 Oh well, thank you. So